Hello, this is Dr. Pascal Paradis, Educational and Developmental Psychologist and Supervisor, and you're listening to Ape Psych Moving Abroad Stories podcast. This podcast has been created to support other psychologists moving abroad and creating a place where people can create lots of connections and listening to different rich and meaningful stories to help them in their adaptation when moving abroad as a psychologist. So we're really, really hoping that this uh, podcast is helping many and thank you for being there and listening. Hi everyone, welcome to a Psych Moving Abroad Stories podcast and in this episode we have Katya who is joining us and telling us all about this amazing, fascinating uh, global migration journey from Germany to the US and to Kyrgyzstan and now in North Macedonia. We're very grateful and thank you Katya for joining us and contributing to this episode. Katya and I also talk about um, ways to work uh, or um, continue developing our skills as psychologists moving abroad when language barriers or registration can take a while to come through. So hopefully you find this episode really, really helpful and happy listening. Thank you. Good evening, uh, good morning everyone, wherever you are in the world and uh, thank you for joining us today and it's so great that you are uh, listening and today we have Katya who's joined us uh, for this podcast and Hi. Kat- <laughs> and Katya is in North uh, Macedonia and she will tell us a little bit more about her psychologist journey um, of, and global migration journey of course. So welcome Katya to the podcast. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, fantastic. And tell us a little bit about your migration journey, Katya. Oh, well, a long story. How much time do you have? (laughs) Uh, No, it's... um, uh, I was actually born and raised in Germany in a, a very rural area, small town, always wanted to get out I just I, I ever I always had problems connecting with the locals there and um, really my hobby in school was to collect all the brochures on there were these brochures on going to the US for a year in high school and I collected them all I had them all at my house and every afternoon I was sitting there looking at these brochures and um, really desperate to get out I never had this I was never grounded or rooted in that area. I always just wanted to to travel and to live somewhere else. So the first opportunity to live somewhere else was during my studies at university. I did an Erasmus program, which is a European exchange program of students. And I went to Barcelona in Spain, which was, of course, the perfect place to go. Anybody who knows Barcelona is in love with it usually. And so was I. So I spent six months there and I met my husband who is uh, Swiss. 
And luckily, he had the same mindset. So he was also born and raised in a small village in Switzerland, never felt like he belonged there. Uh, so we were the perfect match, I think. Nevertheless, we both went back to our countries to finish university. And my first degree was actually in translation. It wasn't in psychology. And um, so I finished my degree. We did a lot of train rides between Switzerland and Germany for another four years. and then. I finally packed all my bags, everything I had, and moved to Switzerland. And then I lived in Bern with my husband, who had his, his job there, and I was able to find work as well in the area that I, was, uh, that I was working in at the time. And after a year, I told to my husband, I said, you know, this is all so small and narrow here. I need to get out. I cannot stay here. It feels like... The story is repeating itself of me trying to get out. So um, we managed actually to, uh, to get him a job in Washington, D.C. So we moved from Bern to Washington, D.C. We got married, moved there, and uh, we both worked there um, in our fields at an international organization at the time, which was brilliant because the, it was such a diverse a huge diverse institution and um, we had lots of good experiences there and our daughter was born in Washington actually so uh, she still considers herself an American <laughs> even though nobody else in our family is American or yeah <laughs> born there and um, when I was pregnant with our second child I really had the urge to move back to Europe because America just felt so far away from the grandparents and there was no support network I had in the US. Um, so I really felt like I want to go back to Europe, if possible, not back to my country or his country, but somewhere else exciting. <laughs> and um, in the end, we moved back to Switzerland, but with the, with the awareness that my husband had signed a transferable contract. So we knew that we're going to be in Switzerland for three to four years and then we are going to move abroad again. And we will have this pattern for the rest of his career if he wants to. And um, so we did that. And while we were in Washington, actually, I did a career coaching. And during the career coaching, it turned out that my biggest dream was to study psychology. <laughs> and... Um, it took me a little bit and a little bit of, of bravery to come back to Switzerland, having a newborn and a toddler and go back to university actually. Um, so when my son was about a year, I did it. I, I did a lot of research on degrees that I would be able to pursue online because I knew that in two, three years we would have to leave Switzerland again. So I didn't want to enroll at the local university. So I found a degree, a master's in psychology that accepted me into a master's program, even without having um, the bachelor in psychology. So they, they, um, um, they looked at my work experience, they looked at my previous degree and they admitted me for a master's of science in psychology. And I started with that program and while I was studying my master's in psychology, we got transferred to Kyrgyzstan in Central Asia. And um, 
which is quite an adventurous destination. A lot of people, even when we told them we're moving to Kyrgyzstan to where is it exactly? We always had to have the map uh, there to, to show people where we are going exactly. And also us, we had no idea what is, um, what does this country look like? What is the culture like? What is people's mindset like? Even the language, I had no idea. What does Kyrgyz sound like? So it was quite an adventure to pack up those two kids, my, my, my distance degree, move to Kyrgyzstan, didn't even know whether the internet connection was good enough for me to, to continue my studies. But very optimistic and very adventurous, we just did it. And of course, we ha always have the, the safety net of my husband's work, so, uh, which, is, which is fantastic. What does he do? Yes. What does he do? He works, um, he works for the Swiss Development Corporation, which is integrated into the Swiss Foreign Ministry. So uh, okay. he is usually uh, within the embassy, taking care of development programs and development projects and things like okay. that. Yes. And that is also the reason why the countries that we usually are being transferred to is not the UK or France, but it is Kyrgyzstan or North Macedonia, <laughs> which adds another layer to my professional life, because usually those countries, they don't have agreements with Switzerland on the possibilities for spouses to work or to yeah. practice. And I know that for psychologists anyway, it's difficult because in some countries you need other accreditations or other certifications to be able to practice. And um, in those countries where we are usually being posted, we don't have agreements with the local government between Switzerland and the local government. So usually I'm not even allowed to, to work because I, I, I cannot apply for a work permit or I could apply for a work permit, but then I would have to find work locally and under the local conditions, obviously. And with the language barrier, I mean, in Kyrgyzstan, the main languages in Bishkek in the capital city is Russian and Kyrgyz. So it would have been impossible for me to work locally. Um, I did, I did in fact volunteer. So, I mean, I, you can do whatever work you want to in whatever country you want to, if you offer your, your services for free. So um, I did start to work in, um, in a local small international school um, because their counseling team really needed more support. Um, so they approached me because they knew me from a presentation that I held about the culture kids uh, at a local club. So they knew me and they approached me and they asked me whether I would be willing to try it out and uh, join their counseling team on a volunteering basis. And I mean, for me, it was an opportunity to gain some work experience in this field. I was able to help the students there. And um, so it was anyway even though i didn't earn money it was a win-win situation for mm -hmm. all of us and i think that is something you always have to keep in mind that what is your priority do you really want to work and would be willing to maybe just volunteer in an area or do you want to earn money and yeah so i think we really always have to prioritize what is more important to us and so i did do lots of volunteering there and I was holding presentations at international schools, clubs, embassies on the topic of third culture kids and it was always very 
warmly welcomed because people were just grateful for me to tell them about uh, what they can do with their children and what impact this mobile life has on their children. And that is the area uh, that, I, that I specialized in. I mean, I, I finalized my master's with a thesis. I did some research on third culture kits. And even during the process of writing my research, uh, I was already approached and asked for, to hold presentations and to uh, give workshops. And so I was very lucky about that. And ever since I've worked in this area, third culture kids supporting uh, families, parents of third culture kids, I have, uh, I keep myself busy. I, I don't know. I have, even though I'm not allowed to work in these countries, I'm, I'm always busy. The day has not enough hours for me. I, I just um, wrote a children's book on TCK Farewell. The manuscript is done. I'm going to be sending it to editing at the end of this week. The illustrations are being done at the moment. And um, so I'm very excited about that little project. And, um, that's exciting, indeed. That's exciting. Yes, yes. I'm, I wish I could hold the final product in my hands already <laughs> now. I'm so impatient. <laughs> you see something evolving like that, you really you are desperate to hold it in your hands in the end. Yes, and I'm, I'm doing an additional training in acceptance and commitment therapy, and I really like that approach. And I'm really hoping that uh, one day I will be able to support even more families on a personal basis, not only with workshops, but also with private consultations or therapy sessions. I'd love to do that, really, mm -hmm. to, to um, use this approach. And yeah, I'm still, the idea of a, of a PhD is actually still lingering in my head. So I'm, I never get bored, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. See, this awesome. was a long story now. <laughs> um, no, that sounds so um, exciting, but also like diverse in itself, like uh, these countries that you've talked about, that I suppose people, not many people would uh, know. What was it like to be in these countries that are a little bit more... Um, different that we would typically know hmm. you know i mean while we lived in kyrgyzstan which really i mean there is not a lot of tourists coming to kyrgyzstan it's so remote that there is really only two airlines going there and there is no direct flights from europe you always have to change in moscow or in istanbul and but when you live there it's just your life feels kind of normal i mean while you are there it, it's not that special it's it's just your life it's your everyday experience i mean and you get used to the fact that you have to go to three or four different supermarkets really to get the stuff that you need because it's not all in one place but it's all somewhere else and i got used to i got so used to always buying the entire stock of something that is usually rarely to find that i still do that here now where everything is always in stock all the time but i i got so used to this stocking idea of of getting it all once it's there because otherwise usually if something was in the supermarket and um which was a little bit special it was there until it was gone and then it was gone forever or maybe you were lucky and they had it again in a year so those are things that you that you just adapt to and you get used to it and um but now in retrospective when i look at our pictures and at our life there it 
feels really exotic, I have to say. It feels very special, the, the landscape. And they, they have, um, there is yurts everywhere, is this particular Kyrgyz tent that they used to live in, actually, because the Kyrgyz is a nomadic society. So they used to live in these tents. And um, still nowadays, they have a really uh, important position in the life of, of Kyrgyz. And they are, they are wearing these, these particular hats. They're called khalpak, the, the white felt-made hats. And everybody in Bishkek is walking around with them, small boys, older men, and they all have a different significance. They all mean something different. I, I never got my head around. And so when I look at the pictures now, it really feels very exotic and, and adventurous to be living there. And... Um, yeah, it was very special. It feels really now in North Macedonia, uh, it, it really feels much closer to Europe from, uh, from I mean, it, when I go out, I don't really know that I'm abroad and that I'm not in my home country because it looks quite similar and there are similar stores. And so Bishkek was quite a, an experience. And also when you look at, um, at the topic of mental health in the different countries, which is always really very fascinating for me. In Kyrgyzstan, it's really mental health, you don't talk about it. There is not a lot of psychologists, there is not a lot of therapists practicing. So it was really always a topic that um, was quite silenced, um, which was interesting to see. Yeah, mm -hmm. also in North Macedonia, I haven't, I haven't gotten enough information yet. I think it's still a little bit uh, stigmatized also, mental, mm -hmm. mental illness and uh, <laughs> yes. So I'm hoping that uh, they will make their way to more openness towards this mm -hmm. at some point. Yeah. What were your learning points um, like in living in these, uh, well, particularly in Kyrgyzstan. Um. Oh, well, I had to learn to stay really flexible. Uh, I mean, when, when it comes to all parts of your life, I mean, staying flexible from my professional life, because it's, you can never do what you really want to do, or you can never follow the career that you might have had in mind 10 years ago. So mm -hmm. you need to be flexible when it comes to that. But you also need to be flexible in cooking. I mean, if, if you want to cook a recipe that you know from your home or that you have in your recipe book from your home country, find the ingredients. You really need, I was Googling so many times looking up, how can I replace this by that? And how can I do this instead of that? So, I mean, really flexibility in, in all, mm -hmm of life's areas um, mm. and within the flexibility I had to learn to be very patient which I'm not good at because uh, that life is just happening not happening at the same rhythm at what I'm used to from from the Swiss perspective or the German perspective which is very effective and, and straightforward uh, life in these countries it's just not and um, yeah, flexibility also in the in the area of quality of things. I mean, if 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 I look at the house that we had, uh, uh, it's it's not the same. But I think if you stay flexible and open-minded, mm -hmm. 
um, you can have a very positive experience. Mm -hmm. And um, yes, and, and being adventurous. I mean, you just to, to go there and just to try and live it. And uh, it's always, there's always a way to adapt somehow everything. So uh, that's kind of what, what I learned from living in these countries. <laughs> I, I quite relate to that. And that made me think about um, in Quebec, we have Poutine, which is oh, like, I know, that. Uh, I love you know about you love Poutine. Yeah. I had Poutine several times. <laughs> and um, uh, you can't find curd cheese anywhere uh, in different countries. It doesn't exist, but in Quebec, it's a very specific cheese. And uh, we found that halloumi uh, chopped up in squares or cubes actually uh, is, uh, is really good and tasty on the pudding. Oh, really? <laughs> That's what we put on our pudding when we make some at home. <laughs> so here we go. <laughs> well, I use halloumi as a replacement. That's another tip. I use halloumi as a replacement for paneer because I really like Indian uh, dishes. So I love to, to cook palak paneer, which is spinach with, with um, paneer, with the Indian cheese inside. So since I cannot find paneer here in North Macedonia, I replaced it with halloumi, which is perfectly fine. In Kyrgyzstan, I couldn't even find halloumi, so I just <laughs> gave it up <laughs> completely. Oh, so halloumi being very versatile, so that's brilliant. Yes, that's true. <laughs> And, and also in Kyrgyzstan, you couldn't find, I, I'm from Germany originally, so I love pretzels, uh, like the, the salt pretzels, the soft ones. And uh, I started making them myself. I just started making everything myself. I made my own bread. I made my own pretzels and uh, trying. And I imported a lot of the ingredients because I couldn't find them <laughs> uh, locally. So I had my suitcase full of stuff always when we came back after the summer holidays, a lot of, of uh, really um, stuff to cook, uh, cosmetic stuff. So I just always packed it up and, and took it with me. Yes. Oh. We did the same with maple syrup. Here we go. <laughs> yes. That was a rare good. In Kyrgyzstan, you could find maple syrup. Oh, I was surprised. Yeah. Once in a while, it wasn't a, a continuous uh, <laughs> Stock, but once in a while I was able to find maple syrup and then we, we celebrated that we could make pancakes. <laughs> so uh, you need to treasure those opportunities. I think, that's then. right. That's right. So yeah. um, what did you find? How was it to work in the international schools environment? And, you know, you talked about TCK and be able to maybe talk about a little bit more about those topics. And what was it like to, to be a psychologist in this environment? Yeah, um, I liked it. I, I, uh, I counseled one girl at the school and I was um, in a, a group as well, in a, a counseling group with my colleague in the team. And the group was specifically on TCK issues. And I was just amazed at the wisdom and the life experience of these TCKs. And um, I usually, from, from what I've done so far um, in my career, I, I work with parents of TCKs, making them aware and raising awareness of all the challenges that TCKs can have and trying to give them the tools to deal with it along their journey. And being in that school, uh, taking care of this group was, amazing to me to see that they 
they really had those issues that I was always talking to the parents about or that I'm always talking to the parents about while at the same time being wonderful, I mean, adolescents, they were 16, 17 years old, all of them. And they were so rich in life experience and, and talking to them was incredibly enriching. I mean, they, yes, they had these, these, this wisdom in them. It was amazing. They were so open-minded and, and um, had a lot of knowledge about things that usually kids at that age, they, they don't have that. They don't know that. And I really liked, I really liked doing that. Um, unfortunately, it was cut very short due to COVID. Uh, I, I was just there for a few months um, at the international school. And um, I would have loved to continue, but then the school shut down because of COVID. Mm -hmm. And first they had, to, they had to rearrange the whole counseling to do it online. And until they were done with that, I was already moving. So mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, I couldn't get a lot of insight into the school itself. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, my children go to, I have two children, seven and the day after tomorrow, my daughter's going to be 10. Um, and I get a lot of insights there into their mm -hmm. schools, where, which they attend, into their circles of friends and all those small TCKs that culture kids that, that um, I observe them and I listen to what they're saying. And I, I ask them some questions on purpose once in a while, like, so where are you from exactly? And then they, I see how they get oh, nervous. Uh, <laughs> and then I say, oh, I know, I know, I know, you don't have a home. Uh, or you don't have a, a feeling of home. So uh, it's, quite, it's quite interesting for me to mm. also to, to um, observe the journey of my own children living this mm -hmm. life and becoming real TCKs um, and really feeling those things and observing those things that I, that I teach about uh, in my mm -hmm. own children is quite mm -hmm. interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my How daughter for the long... Yeah, Sorry? how did trans how did they uh, experience that transition? You know, how did they? Oh, they. I think for them, they only really remember the transition now that we had from Kyrgyzstan to North Macedonia, and as with COVID, it was quite a difficult a difficult one for emotionally and. Um, because they their school got locked down in march mm -hmm. and so from from one friday to the next monday they locked down our school and we never went back so they kind of missed this entire farewell process they couldn't say goodbye to any of their friends in person they we did go back to the school to pick up the stuff that they still had there so they we I walked um, through the playground with them. I walked through their old rooms with them and we waved goodbye and we said thank you. So I encouraged this, this farewell process for them because I knew that if they don't get even that, it will come up at some point. Um, but yes, it was quite, for me, it broke my heart to, to once I became aware that they are not going to be able to go back to school and say goodbye to their friends. So they haven't really said goodbye to anybody in person in Kyrgyzstan. And 
I've been surprised that here they arrived quite well anyway. I'm always trying to feel how are they doing? What's going on? Because I know what can happen if they, if they, if they have this unprocessed grief and uh, couldn't say goodbye to anything. But for now, it seems that they, they arrived well here. They were mm -hmm. warmly welcomed into their new school. And um, yeah, so they experienced it in a positive way. My daughter keeps saying that the last year was, was a very positive one for her. She cannot understand why everybody is just uh, uh, dissing 2020. <laughs> for her, it was a perfect year. She, yeah, we moved, she got a dog. So <laughs> she was able to go to a new school. So uh, yeah, it's go. interesting. Yeah, they are, they, they are very resilient and adaptable. Um, what would you say in an ideal world? Now I'm having a problem with my internet connection. Oh, do you? <laughs> um, in an ideal world, in an ideal world, where would you be? What would be the same? What would be different? That's a very uh, difficult question. I think I'd be exactly where I am. <laughs> I have to say. Um, I don't know whether you can still hear me. Yes. Ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, you can. Okay. Um, I think I'd be I'd be in the same place where I am right now from from the life, from the mm -hmm. mobility that we have in our life, because I really very much enjoy this opportunity of kind of reinventing myself every four years, kind of being able to. Yes, to, to reinvent and focus on something new or, or trying out something new. I really like that. And I also, I'm that kind of a person who gets the wiggles after three to four years in the same place. So I very much enjoy this mobility that we have, that we are a transferable family and have to move every four years. Um, from my professional um, background and life, somehow, Sometimes I have a little bit these regrets that I didn't do the psychology degree earlier. I wish I would have just done it in the first place. Then um, being able to train as a therapist is much easier if you are in the country, being able to go to school, taking classes, being supervised, uh, practicing your skills. That is something that um, I would change if I could that I'd be in one place where I can do a, a therapy training and really go through with it up until the point where I'm able to practice myself. Um, that's, that's, this life makes that a little more difficult, I mm -hmm. think, to, mm -hmm. um, to follow that. However, I'm trying all that I can do now that everything is being offered online. I'm, I'm happy to do this training, this uh, ACT training online, and I'm... Um, um trying to find a supervisor who can supervise me online so i'm i think uh, i hope that it will work out and that everybody now is a little more aware that things can work out online too um mm. yeah but apart from that i i've had tons of opportunities due to this life and um yes i have uh i i'd be there where i am i think <laughs> 
of course, I would love to go to the beach again one day and have a cocktail by the beach. But uh, <laughs> fingers crossed that as, <laughs> at some point this will be possible again, if, especially since we are just two hours away, I told you earlier, uh, from, the, from the Greece beach, Greek beach. So uh, I'm really hoping that this will be something that uh, will become a reality again soon. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, going going to places with, you know, may become a, a reality again one day, <laughs> one day. Um, and what what would what advice would you give to a colleague uh, who would want to move who would like to move abroad as yeah. a psychologist? I really think as a psychologist, you need to do your homework. I mean, you, you really, if you want to move to another country where the profession is really very much regulated, you really need to do your research on how you can practice, what you can practice. I know that there is also, uh, sometimes it's just a terminology question because for example, the term counseling, we don't know that in, in, in the German language countries. Counseling doesn't really exist. It's either, either it's psychotherapy or it's psychiatry. It's, it's not really, we don't have that term. So I really think what's important is to do your research before you go. And um, if you want to practice, and as I said, really stay flexible with your objectives, aims, to the point that maybe being willing to volunteer somewhere, which can be very enriching as well. I mean, if you have the opportunities to do so um i would highly recommend that um yeah stay flexible and positive, and positive. <laughs> if you can <laughs> yes on uh, on everything that that occurs to you and just allow allowing those those feelings that you might have and uh, observing them and being grateful to let them in I think, um, yeah, but the most important things I think is to do your research and to, to, to stay flexible, as flexible as you can. Yeah. And psychologists, I, I suppose that made me think about the fact that psychologists, we don't just do the one-to-one, -one, we also do systemic work, as you've just mentioned, you know, in your international school work, whether you were part of supporting groups and, or you've written a book, or you know you're accessing online courses um, and also you know these online courses are developed by psychologists so when yeah. you're moving abroad as a psychologist there's other opportunity that can come uh, your yeah. way I suppose in um, expanding your skills and developing different projects that are more systemic projects yeah absolutely and I mean for me I I ever since have always been looking for online courses and online training. And this is the one positive thing about COVID that now all the universities, all the institutions are offering their stuff online. So I really tried to benefit <laughs> from that. And I hope that it won't go back to just merely on the spot, on location trainings, but that it will stay like a blend of it, that there's really some stuff that they will, will continue to offer online because that is something that for me, it was very positive during COVID to see that everything went online because in my life, I had, I need this opportunity to be able to train online. Yeah. 
and I suppose that's very typical of global migration um, journeys, you know, wanting to access things that are going to be available online. Um, yeah. It's also from um, the countries of like uh, Australia or like Canada or big vast countries. It's also responding to the need of rurality and regionality as well, where people live so far away and can't access cities for universities and that type of stuff. So I think um, there's definitely a need. And it's also for busy lives and busy parents. You know, you can fit so much more in <laughs> your day. Yes. Um, <laughs> so that's also a good plus. So that's great. Uh, yes, I, I do agree. I just feel, I hope we'll be able to continue quite a bit online. Um, yeah. More connections are possible as well with people. So here we go. And yeah, what are I you? I mean, even yeah. attending conferences online yes, is, is now possible, right? Absolutely. And I've connected to so many people that I just met and I've connected with them now online. Um, which is brilliant. It would never happen otherwise because many people I connected with are in Australia or are in somewhere else in the world. And usually you would never get the chance to meet these people. I think we all became much more open regarding that now. Mm -hmm. So, and then what are your final thoughts about um, global migration as a professional or as a psychologist? Anything else that you feel we haven't covered? No, I think we've covered a lot, <laughs> actually. Yeah, I think um, I've, I've said it many times already before that, uh, that we need to keep in mind what it means to be moving in this profession and um, to, to being able to practice if you want to continue to practice. And maybe even as a psychologist, considering to work online and to do online sessions is an option that... Uh, that is definitely worth considering if you're trying uh, to figure out where to move or whether to move. I think um, there is more and more tools available to do that online now as well. And I'm hoping that also the client side will become, probably they became more open already through COVID now, but uh, I, I hope that there, that regulations and clients will become more open to what the option of um, working online as mm -hmm. a therapist, because mm -hmm. I know that in some European countries it's still difficult to uh, to work online because mm -hmm. it's it's not really regulated how mm -hmm. it should happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, no. But I think I've said it all. I hope if somebody <laughs> has more questions, please write to me and ask me. <laughs> yes, that's fantastic. And yes, Katya's email will be available at the end of this uh, podcast in the description so if you want to contact her directly and ask any more questions about where she's been or <laughs> different uh, if you come book. to scorpio write to me <laughs> <laughs> or your book that's coming up you'll have to tell us about that too and yes. um yeah it's been a great um Great. I've had a great time listening to all of these stories and fascinating to hear um, so some some different parts of the world. <laughs> yes. And, uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Katia, for participating in this podcast today. And uh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for having me as a guest. <laughs> yeah. And I will speak to you soon. Yes. Bye bye. Bye, everyone. <laughs>
You have been listening to Ape Psych Moving Abroad Stories podcast. I hope that these、uh, stories were really, really helpful, and we have many more to come. If you're interested in participating in this podcast, you can contact Dr. Pascal Paradi at info at tripeepsychology.com or、uh, reach out on Twitter, LinkedIn, or alternatively, you can also join our. Upside Moving Abroad Facebook group, or Pascal is also at the UK Overseas Psychologists in Australia Facebook group. So speak to you soon.